It's February 21st, 1998, and Clumsy by Our Lady Peace is number five on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Al. I'm Quillen. And I'm Trav. And this is a, this. Mm-hmm. You got and it. I'm Trav. <laughs> you got it. And I'm Go. Trav. And I'm Trav. And this world's a subway where we talk about every song that has reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Before digging into the 1998 number ones, we decided to spend time discussing some non-number ones from the era that are worth highlighting. Today we'll be talking about Clumsy from Our Lady Peace's sophomore album, Clumsy. Okay, yeah, so we're talking about uh, Clumsy by Our Lady Peace. Um, this was my choice, and uh, I liked this album a fair amount when I was a kid. I seem to remember that uh, there were like a pretty large number of good songs on it, and it also ended up on the radio a lot, so I think that we kind of owe Our Lady Peace an episode. But I think specifically... Um, what I like more than anything about this song is like, just sonically, I just like the first 30 seconds of it a lot. I really like that piano at the beginning. It's got this little pitch bend on it and it's just a really nice sound. And then when the acoustic guitar comes in on that first verse, the piano continues doing this quarter note thing. And to me, it's the highlight of the song. In the second verse, it gets replaced by an electric guitar, which is also a really great part. But um, those verses are very good, and the chorus is no slouch either. Mm. Um, what do you all think of this song, or what do you remember about this song? Oh, this song slaps. Um, I really dug this song as a kid, and it held up quite a bit. Um, you kind of nailed 
kind of texturally what is great about it, Al. Um, it is uh, a really nice dynamic song, um, which I think uh, the band did rather well on the album as a whole. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a really nice, pretty, um, dynamic song with, with, you said the chorus is no slouch. I think it's one of their best choruses. Um, and also the drummer just kills. He is such yeah. a good drummer. Um, good drums. He is a fantastic drummer and was always kind of my favorite part of the band. Um, but yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you have to say, Trev? Um, I think this song is cool. It's, um, <clears throat> it's a little like, it's like a cheesy sing-along kind of thing uh maybe like closing time or jumper mm-hmm. uh those were the things that came to mind uh as like similar things to compare them to where um you know it's so earnest and it's so big and uh uh like pleading it's just so like important and everything like that and uh but it's also like good there's nothing there's nothing that's like offensive about it it's uh really hard on the sleeve and um i think it's it's like an underrated song i think if people i i guess i wonder how many people if you played this at a bar would jump in and sing along to a chorus like it's a good sing along chorus yeah and it deserves that kind of um audience to have everybody jump in and be on the same page and be like yes this song um I don't think it's like a fantastic song um, in the way that it's like, I don't know, like it's not brilliant or anything like that. It's just a generous pop song that has a broad appeal and um, probably deserved more than it got. Yeah, I think that it, it, you know, this album sold well in the United States and it sold extremely well in Canada. So maybe that's kind of the the thing that we're missing. I think that this is even bigger in Canada. But it's, um, you know, you said it's really hard on sleeve, but I think there is something kind of contrarian or ironic in the chorus, too. It's like, you know, it's kind of sounds like this message of support, but the chorus is I'll be waving my hand, watching you drown, watching you scream. Um, which I don't know. The rest of the lyrics makes it sound like it's meant to be a comforting message, but it also maybe seems to be saying like, there's nothing I can really actually do to support you. Um, so I'm just kind of going to watch you struggle. Hmm. I don't know. I I feel like it's a, a little more ambiguous than, um, than it maybe sounds on first listen. So this is like a real sweet spot for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, but I know you well enough I, that I think I can, you know, say that like this is like this was probably a pretty important thing to both of you. Obviously, Ali, you picked this song, so like, mm-hmm. you know, there's something to that. But I think by the time this rolled around, it was, oh God, I hate to say this, but it felt. I, I think I felt a little bit like condescending towards it. Where I was like, yeah, this is good, but like, you know, they were doing things in like 95 better 
and mm-hmm. this is like kind of a copy of that and it's a little bit softer and um i think like alternative in general had gotten like heavier at this point and this is probably a statement that's more uh, appropriate for the rest of the album but like uh because everything had gotten heavier it made our lady peace seem a little bit wimpier yeah um and that's even like i mean going back to like uh navid which was 1994 and uh, starseed which is the only song i know from that album but that you know i've said before how much i love that song and it's like an incredible rock song it really Mm -hmm. like uh rips ass um but uh (laughs) like there's there's not much that like rips about clumsy or anything on this album it feels very controlled and very like produced Mm -hmm. and uh ready to be part of like this major label push and it it was and it deserved to be but it was part of this you know the 1997-ness of it all um kind of weighs it down a little bit for me yeah, I think it it very much belongs in the same category as live, mm. just in terms of like being very um, melodic post grunge with like very conventional kind of pop song structures kind of thing, um, and that it is probably part of why I liked it and why I continue to like it a, dec- a decent amount. Trev, I was going to ask you: Do you think that this song falls more in line with like? satanic or something like that oh yeah perfect okay, okay. great hmm. great I, yeah. see i i better I, but yeah, yeah for sure <clears throat> i i can see why you travis feel that way um i think that something with this song and i think that uh our lady peace just kind of generally does this um i think that their song struck i mean you know we're we're kind of talking about it as like a, a pop song essentially but i do think structurally they are doing more interesting things than your standard pop rock band like i mean this song and a lot of their songs have you know it's not just verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus like there's a pre-chorus there's a post-chorus um you know the bridges are kind of bridge. long bridge um, is wild and like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I think it's a lot more interesting than that. And, and I will say that as a kid, I probably didn't quite grasp that, uh, which is why it, it's held up so much for me now, now that I'm a lot more aware of those types of things. Um, I think, um, the song just is that much more brilliant to me. Um, Yeah. I think you're right. It it is it is um more interesting, but like interesting is a good word. Like it 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 does those things that you mentioned. There's the pre-chorus, post-chorus. There's the bridge, and it's like really well thought out. But it doesn't overcome the the wimpiness of it. <laughs> Even with those gnarly drum drum fills, huh? Dang. I don't know. So I'm really interested Dang. to hear you say that because so um, I the, Starseed is one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. of the 90s. You know, one of my favorite yeah, same. 50 yeah. songs of the entire decade. And the, the drumming on it is like one of the most prominent parts. It's so incredible.
And there's only one song on this album that reminds me of that. And everything else I was like, did they get a different drummer? Mm. Because it's like not, it's not the same thing. There's there, it's lacking the rawness from Starseed. Um, That's interesting. Is Superman's dead? The other no, heavy, no. The, the other song I think is Hello Oscar. Huh. Yeah, it's Hello Oscar, which is almost huh. like a very similar like drum beat uh, to the the verse in Starseed. And I went, oh. Well, he is still here. Like, I, I just heard it, and I was like, that that's uh-huh. the same guy. I wonder if, it, I mean, I'm assuming it is, I never would have thought that. Like, I am assuming it's the same drummer. He it pl- is. He, okay, it is. He it pl- is. He joined in 1993, and I think he had, like, they had to wait for him to graduate high school. Oh, wow. To, to record. Oh, and like he's like graduated high school and then went straight to the studio and then recorded Starseed. Which is insane. And then like two years later did this, which is an incredible thing for any young person to be able to to uh, maintain the the workload of of a major label album. You know, because producers and major label, they'll they'll get involved and just be like, no, you're not good enough. You're kicked out. We'll get a pro in to fill in. And so he must have been some kind of prodigy to be able to like jump in and do all this. I yeah. think his name is Jeremy Taggart. Jeremy hmm. McTaggart. McTaggart? No, no, it's Jeremy Taggart. Taggart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I think that he, yeah, I just think he's a fucking ripping drummer. Like, even on this album, oh, it didn't, oh, you didn't, oh it didn't my phase gosh. you. Yes. Wow. No, I okay. There's great drumming. He, on this I, I need to go back and fantastic and pay on closer attention. And, great. And, and I agree with you, Trav. He's, uh, he, he, he kills on Starseed 100%. I think he is, um, I think he matured on this album. I think that he is not playing as flashy. Um, but he he's playing with more of a groove, less technical, but still um, lots of great fills um, and just like power behind uh, behind his playing. Like he's just playing with a lot of power. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, what it, does that mean to you when you say power? Does that mean he just hits the drums hard? Um, or is there more to it than that? Is there a dynamic quality? I think it's like, yes, yes. He hits the drums hard. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess cool. I'm not. I, I, I'm just thinking of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got to be playing the shit out of those drums. Trev, I'm I'm still kind of friendly to your way of thinking that like yeah this is not heavy. I one of my mm. notes says sensitive guy pop rock and carnival drag. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely they're they're trying to get some sharp edges in, but it's not it's not necessarily in um in such a heavy way as I think it's about like 
a lot of the melodies revolve around these like chromatic movements that can feel a little sinister or a little um mm. a little off kilter and then of course you know the vocals on something like superman's dead i don't want to get too far ahead but you know they are they they sound kind of deranged mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of that but i mean to to think about the image of the band and how it fits in with how edgy or not edgy they are. The whole time that I was listening to this band in the 90s, I had it in my head that the singer was the guy on the cover of this album, who's kind of like a crazy looking old man uh, yeah. who's using a trapeze with his mouth. And I like the entire time I assumed like, oh, yeah, that's the lead singer. The lead singer's a crazy guy. He escaped from a mental hospital or whatever. And now <laughs> he sings with these giant falsetto leaps. And when I learned that he was like kind of a pretty boy, I like mm. kind of felt cheated. I was like, wait, <laughs> like it made me rethink everything everything about the way that i heard his voice because it went from like a deranged falsetto jump to what i would now think of as like oh maybe it's like a little bit of a jason mraz falsetto jump you know this i mean i'm not really i'm not insulting it like that but um it's kind of like reframing that that falsetto jump is like oh that's like a catchy radio thing that's not uh you know, Mike Myers, uh, cellmate kind of thing. Uh, Michael Myers, sorry. Although Mike Myers <laughs> <laughs> can be tough to work with. Um, yes. I thought that, um, I mean, this is like a Billy Corgan rip. Like he sings like sure. Billy Corgan. Like he is, yeah. he's trying so hard to do that shrieking, squealing, wailing thing that Billy Corgan does. Um, and he does it. I mean, it's I think, okay. Uh-huh. I think like, he has it, technically it, it, a better voice than Billy Corgan. Te- really? Te- technically. I wouldn't know as evidence yeah. this week from our, <laughs> yeah. our discussion about bad singers. I don't know what a bad singer is. I think everybody's good. Um, but I, um, it's more muted on this song too than mm-hmm. it is elsewhere. I think yeah. it's not quite as nasally or as jumpy. He, it seems like he's intentionally whining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not, it's very rarely like grating and irritating, mm-hmm. but it does occasionally cross that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Superman's dad is not, not aging super well for me. But okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, the, the instrumental bridge thing, uh, actual kazoo, do you think? Or, oh, uh, good question. Or guitar that sounds like a kazoo. Ah, wow. Uh, I almost I, thought it was like a some kind of either a vocal or instrument that was like peaking. Yeah, could be I, for sure. I guess I always thought it was a voice or just a guitar lead. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the guitar is playing it too, right? There's just something over it as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In uh, uh, I don't know if either of you know well enough, but in, on Crosstown Traffic by Jimi Hendrix, th- yeah. there is an actual kazoo double yes. guitar, right? Yeah. yeah so I kind of want there is precedent for it. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they doubled the guitar with kazoo. It's cool. Cool yeah. move. Yeah. Um, I got a question. Um, yeah. What was your experiences with the CD? Did was this a a CD that you owned? Was this a CD hmm. that you saved up for? Um went out and like ain't said i gotta save for two weeks go out and get the cd bring it home and spend time with it or um did you have another experience with it 
Yeah, I think I wanted to get it um, and never did. I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this was another CD that I borrowed from my friend, um, my like middle school and high school best friend, Adam. Um, I'm pretty sure um, he was the one who bought it and I, I brought okay. it from him. I must have owned it, although I'm not positive. I was familiar with all of the songs listening back. Um, I think a bunch of friends had it, and I remember being really taken aback by just how many good songs were like in a row were on it. And I think I definitely really wanted to own it. Um, so might not have been something that I saved up for. I'm I'm thinking that maybe if I did end up owning it, it was probably quite a while after the fact. It was probably like when it was $5 at the record store or something like that. Mm, but okay, um, okay. I did rush out to buy the follow-up to this. Happiness is not a fish wow. you can catch. Whoa. That was something that like I was, I was probably there like within the first week that that came wow. out like, ready, ready for it. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm surprised to hear that. I have a very <laughs> distinct memory of seeing this in the racks at a third record store in the mall that I cannot remember. And it feels like a dream at this point. Like we had Record Town and Tape World and we had Sam Goody. And I think we had a third. Oh my God. It's Saturday energy. matinee. It was Saturday oh. matinee. I just remembered it. Oh my God. Never That's what it, it was called. Mm-hmm. That was the name of the place. It was like. CDs and uh, VHSs, I don't know, DVDs, whatever was happening yeah. back then. But I remember flipping through and seeing this and just being like, huh, I wonder if this is any good. Like really like zoning in on it and being like, I know that the single, I wonder if this is a good album. I'll never know because it's $21. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out, I had, in a weird twist, uh, learned today that I actually did own this song on the I Know What You Did Last Summer soundtrack, which I had no idea it was a part of because I actually really loved that soundtrack. And there were so many songs on that that album that I really liked, and I don't remember the song Hmm. from it at all. What else? uh, What were some highlights of that soundtrack? uh, There was Hush by Kula Shaker. There was Tot. No, there. Uh, there was um, a, a song by Green Apple Quickstep uh, that I really liked. I think it was. Called, I think it was called Kid. Um, there was a cover of Summer Breeze by Typo Negative. Hmm. Okay. Pause for applause. <laughs> not, um, not me on this. There was. Um, oh, there was an incredible song called um, <laughs> "Too Wiki" by Hoover Phonic. Uh, with the number two it's really great I, I'll stand by it to this day it's a really great song um, uh, yeah. see yeah. I, I thought <laughs> and clumsy was like a second tier clumsy was like was like, was like the 11th song on the, the soundtrack somehow mm-hmm. and I just like overlooked it I don't know
I thought that Starseed was on one of those, um, like either Scream or I Know What You Did Last Summer soundtracks, because I feel like I had never heard Starseed until well after this album came out, and I thought that that song kind of had like a revival on 89X in the late 90s. Um, I think it did because of being on one of those soundtracks. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. I, so I think okay. I saw that one of the lead off, one of the first couple singles from this album had Starseed as a B side, which they were probably trying to capitalize Interesting. on. Like, okay, okay. There, let's, let's take this renewed interest and push this song out a yeah. second time. Huh. I am pretty sure that I remember hearing Starseed on the radio in 1995 and 1996, but, um, but not uh, I. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this album uh, went diamond in Canada mm-hmm. and platinum in the United States. So it sold well. Yes. Diamond in Canada is like a thousand copies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love Canada. I don't know why I said that. Diamond in Canada, you get a uh, bottle of maple syrup shaped like a record. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, thoughts on other singles? Superman's Dead was released in January 97, went to modern rock number 11 and mainstream rock number 14. Um, thoughts and opinions, memories? Yeah, I, I loved it at the time. The, I, I think you mentioned, Al, that it hasn't aged so well for you. I, I think I'm right there with you. Um, it just doesn't, uh, excuse me, it just doesn't do do much for me. Um, yeah, the vocal jumps are kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I, I, kind of like it i feel the same way i've always felt about it which is like it's pretty good um mm-hmm. i hate the line the world's a subway i think it's really <laughs> obnoxious i think it's stupid and i think that is a problem throughout the album but mm. um it like yeah as far as the song itself goes like it's it's fine it's cool yeah. it's a certain kind of rock song that the- is justified in its existence the verses are cool. Uh, another yeah. like acoustic. Yep. Or yeah. yeah, I think acoustic. Um verse cool yeah. melody there. Um but yeah, yeah, the vocal like acrobatics are a bit much. Yeah, the oh that that's just yeah. like just feels tacky to me. Um, automatic flowers did not chart. Don't remember hearing it on the radio, but um, you know that was the no. I was surprised um, to see that it didn't chart at all because I I yeah. thought it was all over eighty nine X. Um, well, I, I you know eighty nine X of course was a little skewed because they got some money from the Canadian yes, government to right. um, push Canadian music, but that came out in July ninety seven, and I think that song is very good. Oh, interesting. Um, it's got a little bit of like a, again, like kind of like a haunted house <laughs> feel to it. Um, I really like the keyboard sound on the verses kind of all these songs start really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I like the chorus to, to automatic flowers too. And, uh, 
I think it it holds up. It's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I kind of felt the same way that I did about Superman's Dead with this song. Hmm. Yeah, I felt the same way Quillen felt about Superman's Dead about this song. <laughs> uh what about carnival october 97 now this i'm surprised to see didn't chart in the u.s because i do remember hearing this yeah, a lot same wow I, really yeah. i never heard yeah. it before huh are you for real yeah for real what yeah I, i'm serious i've never heard it before a- this week aiden and x played it all the time i loved this song loved it yeah it was my favorite song on the album or it was my favorite single um and it held up better than I expected. Um, I actually like it quite a bit. Um, the Obviously the most explicitly carnival-related yes, yes. uh, song on I, the record. It kind of works for me in the verses. I don't know. I, I like it. I like the march, uh, the marching drum part, and uh, the vocal yeah, melody is cool. Using the carnival thing in uh, a different way. Instead of being like a sideshow thing, it's more of like a plaintive kind of like uh happiness of children as tears go by kind of thing that's going on with it it's both wistful and somber to me yeah uh-huh. um man and the i think the the chorus rips um that's the you're frustrated by the cracks yeah. in the pavement part uh-huh. yeah good chorus awesome drumming um really really great drumming on the chorus um yeah 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 the song holds up for me Um, finally, 4AM, released in December 1997, went to modern rock number 31 and mainstream rock number 38. I think this is the second best song on the album, personally. <laughs> I think that's a very good 90s anthemic chorus on 4AM. Um, I never liked it. Yeah? I never, I never liked this song, and I like it more now, um, probably, than I did. Um, I think I, I texted you guys that I thought the bridge was surprisingly awesome um the bridge is pretty gnarly um in this song um but i don't know i think the chorus is a bit too sappy sounding mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, catchy this... it's it's catchy for sure but sorry is I... the bridge to you where he kind of stretches out the like i hope to god i figure out what's wrong part is that what you're thinking of um yeah and like isn't there a guitar solo too am i thinking of a different song i'm pretty sure there was like a guitar lead there I'm surprised that you don't like it because it seems like a really good fake emo song. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I think Carnival is more of an, a fake emo song than, than oh. this. Yeah. Do you like the drums? I like the drums. I liked, I really liked the drum tone in the verses where it was very like roomy and like, uh, there was a ton of space. Um, I thought that was like a highlight of the song. I didn't really notice that. Okay. But Funny, it makes me think, I forgot to mention with the song Clumsy that I liked the differing drum tones between the verses and the all hmm. the other parts. The verses, there's like the snare drum is like more muffled. Um, 
and like roomy but soft and then the rest of the song has that like the drum tone of the rest of the record kind of loud slappy snare drum and anyways um um, on 4 a.m. Quill, the the guitar part is it's another uh, kazoo sounding part. It's like the yes, yep, and then yeah, it goes into this extended like yes. it kind of reshapes the. I hope I got I figure out yes. what's wrong yep. with different chords, and then it leads back into the chorus it's, in a really satisfying way. It's a long way. bridge, like it's a really yeah. long bridge. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's that's good, good, definitely good. the part that sticks out to me. Um, anything that wasn't a single that you really liked? Trav mentioned uh, uh, the uh, the song about Oscar. Oscar, Oscar. Hello, Oscar. Hello, hello Oscar. It's hello, just the Oscar. drums. I don't think it's a good song. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch. I mean, there's... Did you guys uh, think that the opening part of Big Dumb Rocket, when he's doing the vocal part for the guitar was the most obnoxious thing you've ever heard yeah now now it is i loved i loved that song when i was a kid i really really loved it and i think there are parts of the song that hold up okay um that was probably the only non-single that i really cared about um it feels like it could have been a single yes it's got a a good chorus the chorus yes the chorus is good yes i don't want to find the big dumb rocket in your mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) yeah you sure you want to go on record as saying that's a good chorus Uh, i didn't say anything about the whole christian rock episode and um, (laughs) (laughs) hey this i mean things change week to week like we're allowed to change our opinions but i mean that was that was that was rough i mean it was Um, rough just getting through the intro like i don't know yeah i i think that that was uh kind of a uh, um, uh, a black eye in the album within the album, <laughs> and then getting to um, the story of a one hundred aisles, mm-hmm. um, made me go. <laughs> my notice, you can really write a song about anything, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's not a song. It was yeah, yeah. I was just I, I don't know. It definitely trails off yes. at the end, but it, it's not long. So no, uh, I, no, it's not. I think it's fine. It's it's not an album that uh, I would buy in any in any medium uh, these days. But mm-hmm. I think that it still is one of the better albums of the mid '90s that we've listened to. Personally, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's uh, one thing you... about Clumsy that was awesome that I forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, where it comes to a stop in the middle of the song, and then it comes back in on an accent mm. to the chorus. Oh, that oh, it's hmm. not just a straight down, 
you know what is the the chorus is like maybe maybe you could yeah yeah but like it comes in on like the and yeah that's a really cool that is a cool move sometimes there's like a drum fell before it that like leads into it yeah it's that is very cool that was a that was a good point in the album did you all listen to happiness is not a fish you can catch at all when it came out in 1999 no i i gave up on them pretty quickly after this album um i think the singles from it weren't quite up to snuff for me um one man army was the main one yeah yeah which i i liked okay um i remember feeling that it was more consistent more consistently interesting and maybe a little more consistently i'm gonna put this in quotes experimental (laughs) um just in that i think it had um i don't know maybe more of like a science fiction feel or probably in reality what it was was probably a little bit more of um an okay computer influence (laughs) which you know is something that this band can pull off because they are uh i don't know a nasally falsetto singer that likes to um i don't know that 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 uh the the compositions have some kind of sharp edges but they're still really melodic i mean i'm saying that is as in the same way that you know coldplay uh channels the bends mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. most broad way possible i think that happiness kind of channeled um okay computer in some ways mm-hmm. um it is probably ultimately probably forgettable listening back now i did not listen to it this week but um i'm willing to bet that there are a handful of good songs on it wow i know that when so um when i graduated high school in 2000 um my dad was one of his friends from childhood became a DJ in Flint, uh, like a, a program manager at a mm-hmm. radio station. And he stopped by and gave me a stack of CDs that they had, you know, in the closet or whatever. And one of them was, was happiness is not a fish that you can catch. And I didn't listen to it because I was like, what is, I don't want their third album. Give me clumsy. <laughs> Give me Navid. Give me, give me something. It also had uh, "Human Clay" by Creed mm. and mm-hmm. and the Oleander CD. If that uh, can put you at where I, the 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 date and time that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Anyways, um, <clears throat> so I never listened to it. I just thought this is weird. Why are they still putting out albums without <laughs> great singles to carry it? They um, had at least one big single after this. They had an enormous more. single in like 2002, which was like, oh God, I forgot what it's called. It's from the album Gravity. Somewhere um, out oh. there. Somewhere out there. Oh, it was so huge for an alternative rock al- uh, song in 2002. I'm just peeking at Spotify. Clumsy has about 18 million listens mm-hmm. on uh oh well i guess it's not that far ahead somewhere out there has 25 million listens wow it felt i mean at the time it was like everywhere that's how it felt to me i guess you know that's subjective or whatever but um i don't know i think our lady peace and this album specifically feels very much like uh 
CW CW drama music, <laughs> like mm. what TV writers think that um, high school students might listen to in 1997. Mm-hmm. It's hollow. It's generic. Um, I also kind of had an issue. So I like went through their Wikipedia and everything, and I was annoyed to find that they like fire their musicians. Yeah. Like the singer is just like, you're not good enough. You're out. Even uh, as they were recording this album, um, I saw that the first round of songwriting hadn't gone well. And so the lead singer immediately, his instinct was, well, we got to get rid of somebody. Exactly. And one of the people that he came very close to getting rid of was the lead guitarist. Yes. Um, that had collaborated successfully with him on Navid. Yeah. So he is now the only original member of Our Lady Peace. I mean, I guess that's not shocking these days, but. It's a shame. Yeah. That is a shame. <laughs> um, did you see that he's married to Chantal Kreviazic? I I, heard, I I remember that they were together when I was in college. I had yeah. no interest in following up on They're that. They're still but. married. If if anybody doesn't remember that name or has never seen that name, she's a Canadian singer who I think since has found greater success, but alt- 90s alternative rock would recognize the song uh, God Made Me. But I'm laughing cause I'm lying You believe what I say to be true This is the way God made me No self-reliance No social skills Quillen. A real Christian song. <laughs> yeah. Quillen's yeah. the expert there. But yeah, they ended up firing the guitarist before the big song in 2002. Huh. So they fired um, their bassist before this album and then they fired their guitarist um, because he was like not good enough in the studio, which mm-hmm. I don't know. That's insane to me. I just, I don't, that's not my understanding of how bands should work. Like, that's a business. Congratulations, you're successful. Enjoy your business. I hope it's going very poorly in 2022. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more sympathetic to that than you guys are, but yeah, it still doesn't doesn't speak well of somebody that they'd be so quick to get rid of somebody who's like obviously talented you know yeah because things aren't going well and i mean don't you start bands with friends isn't that isn't that the thing like i, I don't know I think a, a lot of people i think do not start bands that's with friends. crazy i i yeah yeah that's a different world talking about other charts we better not talk about the modern rock number one because that'll be our first episode of 1998 it's sex and candy by marcy playground number one for ages and ages um our mainstream rock number one is given to fly by pearl jam oh yeah best big, uh, best pearl big jam song. Favorite. my favorite Jesus. pearl jam song stop it <laughs> i love it it's their emo song it's so good uh, yeah, we've talked about that song in, I think, sure. pretty good depth. So listen back to our, uh, what was the single from No Code? Oh, yeah. Um, we did a top five. We did our top five Pearl Jam songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what uh, was the single? 
it's it called was, Drum uh, Circle. It's called Yeah, uh, yeah, it's called Drum Circle. <laughs> it's called It's called uh, uh it, Hacky Sack. I mean mine. <laughs> <laughs> This is terrible. We love this Holy album, cow. and we don't remember the name of the song. I can hear the. That's who you are. Who you are? Who you are? Who you are? Pop number one is "Nice and Slow" by Usher. Trev. Um. Nah. Okay. I figured you right? would be. I mean, you would be the one that would have an opinion. Yeah, that was a. I just. I, I didn't really like that song. There's the acoustic guitar riff, that's like the little slide up thing that's happening there. Um, I never liked that song by Usher. Okay. Um, take a peek at the chart, and. Uh, there's probably a lot that we'll talk about in the sex and candy episode, but uh, I think we can pick out a, a handful of things. Uh, anything in particular that you all want to introduce? You know, something that I, I'm not sure has been said is that days of new, you know, they kind of sound uh, like Alice in Chains. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. But acoustic. <laughs> jar of flies alice in chains yeah uh, i don't think we've talked about damn it growing up by blink 182 yeah really i'm not sure i don't think I'm so i'm not sure it's the I, only I wonder, blink 182 song i i tolerate i kind of wonder yeah. if we did because i think i questioned or like mentioned that i didn't realize there was a parenthetical in the title um, but that uh-oh. that could have also been personal conversation as well. There's there's not on the album. Mm. That's strictly okay. for Billboard for promotional purposes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, that was my entry point into a lot of things. Yeah, that was a really um, that was an important song for me. If there was no damn it, I'd probably still be listening to Our Lady Peace. <laughs> <laughs> have we talked uh, about Bittersweet Symphony? Oh, <laughs> knock it off. We did? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we talked about Middle Earth. We talked about... <laughs> oh, um, <yeah>. And the <laughs> yeah. music video, yes. Okay. We talked about yes. Bittersweet Symphony. Here's a um, question. Did you guys know the song The Oaf by Big Wreck? That does not ring a bell. No. Okay. I remembered liking it a lot. There was a secondary alternative station in Flint that um, played it a lot, and um, I thought it was awesome. I can't tell you if it's awesome now. I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, but that uh, awakens something in my, okay. in my core, just to read The Oaf by Big Wreck. Um, <laughs> After this, I could I could turn it on and it would just be like the worst song ever. But um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. But I did. I was into it when I was in like eighth grade.
should talk about it because I have a feeling it's going to be a blink and it's gone thing. But there's a hum song mm-hmm. at number 37. Coming home. Track two from Downward is Heavenward. Oh. Um, Ripper. Yeah. Total pretty Ripper. heavy. Great song. And simple. I, like- I guess now that I think about it, probably the most commercially viable track on that album. Probably. Really? I don't, I don't viable. I don't recognize it. I think the other couple, like by title. I think the other couple like quote unquote like poppier songs are a bit more complex, like uh, have more complex arrangements and structures. This is like yeah, just a I don't simple. Know if Isle of the Cheetah. Wait, it's have, more poppy than like Green to me. Green to me is like the hit. It's it's not or that it's poppy. It's that it's it slots easily into like a Smashing Pumpkins definition of heaviness. I think. Okay. It's also like probably the shortest song on the album too. By like this is the year two points two collapsing and the hang on to this afternoon yeah it's really we will have to turn and come home soon oh. we're gonna leave all of this i believe that that's a really good description and it sounds like most home songs the other two <laughs> he starts screaming at the end too mm-hmm. The other two poppier songs that I was thinking of were If You Are to Bloom and Miss Lazarus. Yeah, um, If You Are to Bloom is... And those are like yeah, a, a bit more complicated, I think. Um, but yeah, Coming Home is like pop song length, like just under three minutes. Shortest song on the album by by quite a bit. Um, so I, I'm not surprised that that's the single here. Um, yeah, I love the first half of that album and dreamboat and i get a little bored um towards the end but the the final track i think is really great i'm really excited to revisit it um as we go through 1998 because i it's just been been a long time since i spent time with the whole album it's hard for me to think of in my entire life any album that like so specifically inspired me to like make music like that was still at a time when I wasn't totally sure I had like played in bands for a long time, but I was never the singer. And I thought that you couldn't like have a, like a, a voice in my register and be a rock singer. And like hum was really like the band that convinced me like, Oh, you not only can someone with like a lower voice front a band, but also you can be heavy without being like, lyrically edgy you know like if you're a nice polite boy uh you can make heavy music that is like pretty and sweet and that was like hum hum told me all of those things and i put them to work immediately and the first successful song i ever wrote which is basically a 75 percent copy of isle of the cheetah here's a clip (laughs) no we're not gonna do a clip I think people who uh, who who went to high school with me will know what I'm talking about, and, and that's fine. Uh, all right, well, let's get out of Hold here the before phone. we talk about this chart too Hold much. Hold the phone. Oh, there boy. was one thing. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Do you guys? What are you remember- gonna say? Beautiful disaster. No. Yeah. Three Eleven's great. Do you okay. guys remember this Chris <laughs> Cornell song? Sun shower. Oh, a little bit. I remember there being a solo Chris Cornell song that was pretty good. Was this that song, or it must was it a have different been. song? See, nor- I think normally I listen through the songs that I'm like less familiar <laughs> with or like uh, interested in before we do this. But full yeah. disclosure, we found the charts. Alec found the charts just before we started recording, so didn't have time to do that. But yeah, I think we'll have a chance to talk about some of this stuff more. I'm yeah. looking at it from that it's from the Great Expectations soundtrack, and thinking that might ring a bell, Quill. That 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 might have been a song. Yeah, that I enjoyed. yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Last right. thing I want to mention: Smash Mouth is on this chart twice uh-huh. with "Walking on the Sun" and their cover of "Why Can't We Be Friends." Great. Good for them. Yeah. They're doing it. What a time to be alive. Yes. They killed it. They nailed it. All right. What do we do now? We rate the song. Oh, yeah. We got to rate the song. Okay. What do you all think of Clumsy by Our Lady Peace? It's good. Um, I will say it's good. It's not great, but it's not bad. Um, We can still use quarter measures, right? Sure. Okay. I give it 3.75 rats in a cage. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, I don't think I can give it a perfect rating, but I will give it 4.5 aisles. I'm going to give it uh, 4.25 pitch bends on the piano. 4.25? Yep. Wow. It doesn't quite make it. No. It's Close. Just, just shy. Just shy of the Hall of Fame. And I feel like that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just fine. Is Our Lady Peace a Nirvana wannabe? Oh. Um, good question. I, I mean... There's definitely a line you can trace to Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't, again, I think they're probably one of those bands that are influenced by bands that Nirvana influenced. Like, they're definitely, definitely post-grunge, like, for sure. Um, And definitely match the kind of the idea that they took a Nirvana aesthetic and put a bunch of, like, artificial sweetener in it. Um. So, yeah, I think I think there's an argument to be made that Our Lady Peace is a Nirvana wannabe. Maybe more realistically, they're like a live wannabe. Mm. Um, so a Nirvana wannabe wannabe, uh, which in a way has its own kind of integrity. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll skip That's over that. That's a stretch. <laughs> OK. All right. Um, Tell me all your thoughts on Pod is part of the Off Shelf family. You can head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via our Facebook group. Tell me all your thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. Uh, every once in a while, we'll check and see if you've emailed us at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. You can listen along with our playlist on Spotify or Apple Music. You can watch all the music videos on YouTube. 
And um, I don't have a, because it's hiatus time, I'm still got those, those summer break vibes going on. I don't have a clever transition to our next song. Uh, next uh, hiatus episode, we'll be talking about a song that Quillen shows, Tropicalia by Jeff Beck. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. What does Jeff Beck do? Is he like a, is a, a classic rock guy? He's like a blues guitarist or something. Blues guitarist? Yeah. Yeah, bend those riffs, man. He wrote Trapicalia. <laughs> there you go. Oh, call comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a line back and forth. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Perfect circle. James Maynard Beck. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll see you in a little while for another hiatus episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.